And Lador hits one in the air to deep left field. That goes Yelich to the warning track. Looking up, it's out of here! Francisco Lindor with a grand slam to put the Mets in front! Hey everyone, welcome back to the Shea Station podcast, the hottest Mets podcast in the street. It is episode 101, Shea Station 101, how to talk about the Mets. We're your teachers, Jack and Jerry on the pod. Jerry, before I ask you how you are, if you guys didn't know this already, Jerry just did Talking Baseball. It's a great episode. They talk about the playoffs. Jerry talks about his po- uh, his postseason experience. But I need you to address our audience right now, Jerry, because you did make a very controversial first pick in the playoff team draft. Well, controversial to whom? Controversial to our audience, I think. You think? I think so, Jerry. I, I chose the Braves. We are doing a... Uh... A contest where you pick the number of wins, and I assume that the Braves are going to be in the wild card, so they're going to have the possibility of playing three extra games. Right. So those are cumulative wins. Okay. So this so, this is a good way. Are you to... trying to? I, I think. Are you trying to run the bus over me, back it up, and then run it over? I don't me know again? what you're talking about. I really it don't. It seems know. very aggressive. I'm just simply trying to get your point of view here. That's all. Okay. It is, really. That's all it really is. Yeah. Uh, Jerry, I'm trying to win win ball games. Let's here. keep I'm it on top. To win, uh, talking baseball. <laughs> I mean, I get, I get you. the strategy. I get the strategy. I do. How I dare just, you? I think there were a lot of Mets fans that were probably they wanted to hear from you, hear your side of things. You know, mm. we don't want you to be perceived as a Braves fan more than a Mets fan. It's a lot going on. Uh, am I not allowed? Am I not allowed to uh, be excited about Aaron Judge possibly tying and breaking Roger Maris's record? Like, I mean, can I, am I allowed to enjoy other things, John? I don't think you can, Jerry. I think you Jeez. chose this life, and I think you're. We're gonna have to start this show <laughs> over. I don't like your attitude, kid. <laughs> Mets had a big week. They took two of three from the Milwaukee Brewers. Also, a very cool thing on Twitter that I definitely want to shout out. You had talked about your first hit in the show and how it was on like a Facebook live game. So the call was kind of weird. And a very awesome listener found the call from Howie Rose on the radio that I, I had never heard before. I think you had never heard it either. Jack has it ready if Jack's able to play it. Jerry Blevins lines a curveball into center field for a base hit. Reyes scores. Ploiecki stops at third. And the first pitch thrown by Scott Kingery, the new pitcher for the Phillies, who is a shortstop or an infielder and outfielder by trade, is shot into center field by Blevins. Mets 22, Phillies 4. Blevins being congratulated over at first base. Pretty cool stuff. So I had never heard that before. How, how cathartic was that for you? That was great. Uh, first of all, shout out Tom Cigara. He was the man on Twitter, at Tom underscore Cigara. Uh, thanks for finding that. Um, it was a nice little exchange. And then Howie commented that we were coming out of a break and he wished he had time to set it up. Uh, and I told him, I was like, go ahead and re-record it if you want. Uh, I'd be for that. And make sure Scott Kingery is now Clayton Kershaw. Um, but it was really cool to, to hear one of, you know, the icons of the New York Mets. And because it was that Facebook live, it, it, I didn't get to hear Gary Keith and Ron do it. I got to hear, I don't even remember who was on that broadcast, but uh, to hear Howie Rose do it, that was pretty cool. 
Very, very cool stuff. His name is also very close to a comedian that I really like, Tom Segura. Tom so Segura. I thought it was him for a second. I was like, whoa. He's that a would listener. be dope. <laughs> he, he listens to, to talking baseball. Got to get him on the show, apparently. Uh, so very cool stuff. Just wanted to shout that out because I thought that was really cool. Probably really hard to find, too. So shout out to Mr. Yeah, Tom I don't even Segura. know where he did it. He clipped it and put it on YouTube himself, I think. Like, wild. amazing. I, I'm so appreciative absolutely wild the Mets had a wild time in Milwaukee as well they take two or three from the Brewers in the house of horrors that we had mentioned from last episode they had only won one of their last 14 games there Uh, I regret to inform our audience that didn't see that I messed up the stat from last time about Jerry getting the last one in Milwaukee somebody smart pointed out that they had won one in 2018 so Jerry did not have the last one in Milwaukee who was it I don't remember who it was uh, because I'm trying to block it out from my memory because I messed up a stat and that usually doesn't happen. It's very, you know, it's a a pride thing for me, Jerry. You don't block it out. You have to learn from your mistakes. I guess, but, you know, I just want to. This is Shea Station 101. This is learning from our mistakes. First lesson, learn from your mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, We are going to dive into the recaps. It was a very eventful series. First, I got to tell you about our friends, our presenting sponsor friends, Bear Burger, uh, thank you to them for once again bringing you, uh, bringing us to you guys. They are a burger joint not bogged down by labels, a menu filled with options for everyone regardless of your preferences. They got the create your own burger. You know that by now. Put whatever the damn hell you want on it. Shea Station 101 is all about teaching you how to make your favorite burger, guys. And they also got the lunch special, 12 to 4 p.m. Monday through Friday, a choice of a select sandwich served with fries for $14.95. What a deal! You can check their website for more details. They also got the kitchen and bar happy hour my favorite one dollar pbrs five dollar mules five dollar martinis half off bottles of wine wine and a burger an underrated combo usually you think of a burger with a beer but don't sleep on a glass of wine guys really i mean you're gonna sleep after because it's wine it's gonna make you sleepy click the link in our description to find yourself at the best happy hour tastiest burger joint an overall great spot at at order.bearburger.com thank you to them for being our pals through this whole September crazy month, and the Mets had a tall task on their hands going to the House of Horrors. Are you ready to dive in to the recaps, Jerry? Yeah, man. Are we not going to just celebrate the fact that they clinched? Or are we going to talk about it during well, the Well, I was going to save it, but I mean, spoiler alert, the Mets clinched, guys. Spoiler alert. I think we should cover it right off the top, man. Go for it, man. I'll let you take it away. I think it's amazing. They, they clinched the playoff spot, and they did it beautifully they celebrated they appreciated the fact that they won or they secured a spot in the playoffs it's a big deal they did it in a good way because they were subdued because they know they have you know meat on the table so to speak they have things left to do um including win games the next day so they didn't go bonkers but they celebrated because it's an amazing feat doesn't happen all the time our man trevor plouffe had a long career, never played in the playoffs. Like it's rare. It's rare. And so the fact that you can come together and coming off the season that they had last year to right the ship, to push it forward and to secure a spot in the major league baseball playoffs, is pretty amazing. So uh, I wanted to touch on that right off the beginning. I like that you kind of stopped me in my tracks because it is worth noting for sure, especially the fact that we have a lot of uh, Mets on this team who have also never played in a playoff game. Some big names. Edwin Diaz has never pitched in a playoff game. Pete Alonso has probably been waiting for this moment for all three years since 2019. Uh, Brandon Nimmo made the roster in 2016. He never got to play, so it's been the longest journey for him. 
Um, some other Lugo's never Seth pitched Lugo, either. He never got in the game as well. Jeff McNeil has never played in a playoff game. This is the first experience for a lot of those guys. So I'm glad that they did uh, celebrate in some capacity. I think subdued was kind of the, the buzzword that was going around there. Uh, but they'll celebrate even bigger when they win the division. How about that? Sounds great. Let's get to it then. Let's, Let's get to it. do it. Before they could clinch, they had to win game one against the Brewers. One win and you're in for the Mets. But one guy was standing in their way, and that's the reigning NL Cy Young Corbin Burns pitching in his home ballpark. He faces the minimum through the first three innings. No shock there. But the Mets get it going in the fourth. Lindor and McNeil knock singles ahead of Pete Alonzo, who has found that power stroke once again. He crushes a three-run homer deep into left field off Corbin Burns for an early 3-0 lead. I like this stat. He has the same amount of home runs and the same amount of plate appearances at that point compared to last year. 37 home runs, 637 plate appearances. Very consistent guy. We love Pete Alonzo. The Mets, who couldn't figure out Cubs starters, kind of struggled against some Pirates starters. They knock around the reigning NL Cy Young, Corbin Burns, in the sixth inning with another rally. Back-to-back triples for Nimmo and Lindor. Vogue, who's hot again, smacks an RBI double for a 5-0 lead off Burns. And Max Scherzer was a big story in this one. He goes six perfect innings in his return, nine strikeouts on 68 pitches. ERA plummets to 2.15. He's been really good in both of his starts coming back from the injured list. 12 shutout innings, two hits, no walks, 20 Ks. But the Mets do pull him because he is on, you know, kind of a a structured pitch count there. They bring in Tyler McGill, my guy, our guy, pitching for the first time in months. He does surrender a two-run tater to Rowdy Telez, so that puts the Brewers on the board. Uh, Nick Winnito get those runs back with RBI singles in the eighth, and then Lugo and Adovino shut it down in the eighth and ninth to seal a clinching 7-2 victory. The Mets are back in the playoffs for the first time since 2016. They knock five extra base hits. Every starter besides Mark Canna gets a hit. It's a team effort. That's the kind of win you want to get to clinch it. Mets go in this one 7-2. Clincher. Max Scherzer gets to 200 wins. That was huge. I feel like it's been two months that he's been chasing this. Um, So it was really cool for him. And he talked about it, how he doesn't like to celebrate individual accomplishments because it feels selfish. Um, And so the fact that he tied up his 200th win along with clinching the playoffs, it was kind of the perfect storm, uh, a little bit of serendipity uh, for that. So that was nice. Yeah, I definitely think so. Right word? I think you used it right. I think that I was I very... I feel it. Hold on. I'm going to Google that. I'm going to look up. it up. I got, yeah, I mean, this was... I thought it was especially nice for Scherzer because he's been to the playoffs so often that a clinch... You know, it's special to everybody, but that's something he's done before. So he was able to get his own little victory tonight. You used it right? Nailed you got it? it? Nailed it. Let's Nailed go. It. Yeah. Pie. That would have... See, this is where my, you know, my ADHD brain will kick in and I will be obsessed <laughs> with having that context right. Of, right. Yeah, so good. Yeah, man, it was a beautiful game. They came out with uh, the magic number of one, and they took care of it themselves. They dominated uh, a big home run, you know, big performance. I was pushing for Scherzer to go for the perfect game, man. The rare. I know it was dumb. I knew it wasn't going to happen, (laughs) but I was like, send him back out. I know. It just would have been so cool. Obviously, in hindsight, if he gets injured, that is catastrophic so, so, so bad. But also, wouldn't it be sick if Max Scherzer threw a perfect game to clinch the playoff spot? (laughs) Just being a fan. I mean, it's the only thing that he hasn't done. Right. Yeah. I mean, he probably should have had it in that Pittsburgh game. The Jose Tabata leaning in a little bit, dropping the elbow. 
Gotta do what you gotta the, do. The lean. You hit him. You hit him though. I know, but <sighs> yeah, but the guy's got he's got everything. So that would have been cool. But yeah. what a huge, what a huge W. What a nice feeling. I was so pumped for like just your tweet that you sent out a picture of of young you like that one? Dolly and the bow tie <laughs> going to your like, I don't know. Sadie Hawkins dance in sixth grade or whatever it is that you're in middle hey, come school. Come on, man. Tenth grade. What? Come on. That was tenth Actually, grade. Actually, eleventh grade. I was a junior. Gotcha. Yeah. I could should have known by that mustache. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't able to grow the stash back then. Now it's part of my identity. It's a whole thing <laughs> now. But seeing me without it, feels like I'm naked. It's weird. Yeah, but so it was kind of cool for me to see all the fans being super pumped and appreciative of the team uh, on a different level because you know. Eh, 2016 doesn't feel like that far away from me. Everything at my age, everything feels like between three and six years ago. Right. Uh, yeah, that was a while ago, man. And, Absolute and it's lifetime. Been, and it's been not just down, but really, really bad for some Mets fans to, to follow. A lot of drama, a lot of underperformance, just, you know, just bad teams. Uh, and then expectations and underperformance and then now to see it come together there was a lot of like appreciation so this was like a culmination for me of for the fans they got to see the old timers game they got to see yeah. uh, the playoffs so it, it was really cool so uh shout out to all the young fans and the old fans who stuck around so that was really cool yeah i mean like it's exactly what you said it doesn't seem like a long time ago but i mean that's like a whole lifetime ago especially for younger fans like me um and it, it is it is really cool i think a, a lot of mets fans are, are kind of getting treated like yankees fans a little bit just because we have that high payroll now we're a new york team with stars but people forget i mean 2017 2018 2020 2021 those were some hard seasons to watch even 2016 when they when they made it that was a grueling injury riddled season where they made that comeback at the end uh it is not easy being a Mets fan it's been easy for once this year which has been really really nice yeah you there is a lot of hate a lot of hate for for Mets fans oh your payroll's so high will you expect to win <laughs> it's not that easy guys no, and just be jealous that that your, our owner spends money like what do you i don't know payroll's only gonna go up guys so yeah. keep, keep now, i've never understand stood the concept of like you don't get better by making other people worse right you know what i mean like your boat doesn't rise because another boat sinks you know what I mean? So I don't know. People are vicious and very Twitter, prophetic. By Twitter, way. as you know, oh, is yeah. uh, just we have. I think we have a nice little corner of it. I think we do. We do. We keep nice. it positive. Yeah. People come after me, and I, I just block them. Yeah, I'm over that. I don't need to be friendly. Too friendly to to people. I just don't want to deal with negativity in my I life. I don't it. have space for it. I really um, do. Reality. If things are negative, I'll take that. But just. Yeah, didn't people people came after you for the no hitter thing, right? I remember that. Yeah, and that's fair. That's an open discussion. That's an open debate. That's yeah. fine. I have no problem with that. But if you're just trying to be an internet troll, I'm out. Of, I'm out on you. See you later. You're out of here. See you here. later. If you're just doing. Said. If you're trying uh, to take a word from your generation, if you're just trying to ratio people and <laughs> and you know you're just trying to say controversial things to get a reaction, you're not going to get one from. Me. I need a, a soundbite of Jerry Blevins saying ratio. By the way. <laughs> clip that off we need that clipped all right game two game two game two cookie carrasco versus ashby will the mets have a hangover from their celebration 
Let's see. Right off the bat, they try to say no because the Mets load the bases up. They get with two outs, but McNeil grounds out to end the inning. They do not score, and that would be costly because in the bottom of the second, Colton Wong, leadoff double. Kutch doubles him in. It's 1-0. Omar Narvaez singles to score Kutch 2-0. Then Willie Adamez, the Mets killer himself, the spark plug of that team, adds another run with an RBI single, and quickly it is 3-0 Brew Crew through two innings. Carrasco would labor through four innings, throwing 90 pitches, giving up those three runs. And that leads us to the bottom of the fifth with Trevor Williams on the mound. Uh, Adames again greets him with a leadoff double. Colton Wan knocks him in. The Brewers work. Bases loaded with two outs, but T-Will gets a huge out to keep it at 4-0 through 5. Is that important to only keep it at four? It turns out to be super important because the Mets have a polar bear step into the plate looking to feast on some sliders. And he does just that with a huge three-run blast scoring Canna, who got hit by the uh, pitch for about the 364th time this year. (laughs) He also scored Lindor. That makes it four to three Brewers through that. And that to the seventh, it's four to three. Taylor Rogers steps to the plate, former closer, steps in, Proceeds to walk three straight hitters, leading to Francisco Lindor with two outs and the bases loaded uh, versus Rodgers. He was like two for 17 coming to it the day. He wasted no time and he takes the first pitch deep for a bases loaded grand slam. The Mets jump ahead seven or, uh, seven to th- four. They take the lead. That would be it because Edwin Diaz gets the final outs after they scratch one across in the eighth. He threw 15 pitches, 14 strikes, an 0-2 off the off the plate slider. He was dominant. Touched 102 at the end for the strikeout. The Mets end up winning seven to five to show the world that they do not indeed have a hangover, and there's still wins out there. They have bigger things on their mind, but a big W. Big big W. Great recap there. Um, yeah, kind of a, an off start by Cookie. We've seen Cookie be really good recently. Uh, hit a little bit of a hitch here. Um, still rounded out pretty well after that shaky second inning. It was pretty much only the second inning that he struggled. Every other inning, he looked pretty sharp. Um, the Milwaukee bullpen looked really good early on. They went 12 up, 12 down against the Mets from the second to the fifth. Um, but a couple big hits, and I think that's been kind of what we've been missing. You know, the Mets only have four hits in this game. But two of them were huge, a three-run homer and a grand slam. And when your big boppers uh, can get it done in big spots, you're going to win games. Uh, so Lindar goes up to 99 RBIs now. Wow. You get, a, you get a three-run homer from uh, from Alonso and a grand slam from Lindor. That is a very good sign for, for your offense. Yep. Because that means the other guys in the lineup are hitting and setting the stage for the big guys. And that's uh, a beautiful combination. And they – that was a big comeback. They're down four nothing quick after not scratching across a run with the bases loaded. That was kind of tough, but uh, it was good. And it announced that they're they understand that there's things to be done still. Yep, absolutely. Uh, it's Shea Station, so we got to shout out a lefty reliever, Joel Rodriguez. Another quiet, scoreless inning. Uh, what's it? What do we have here? He has six perfect innings with nine strikeouts in his last four games. When it counts most, man, he's he's starting to turn it on and figure it out. He wants to be on that playoff roster. Let me let, let me get your opinion on if we put a poll up, Ooh. uh, like a sliding scale zero to a hundred on do you think do you want Joely Rodriguez pitching in a tight situation 
in the fifth inning of a playoff game. Okay, so that changes. Fifth inning definitely changes things for sure. Uh, because, like, you know. He's not throwing in the later innings. No, you're not putting him in 7, 8, 9. And I, I do think. What his role would possibly be coming out of the bullpen in the playoffs. Would like, you want him? My there? whole thing is, like, you don't want the starters going too deep. Like, we're, we should talk about Taiwan and Cookie. They've been sharp early, kind of less sharp late. Um, so if he's in like that fourth or fifth, I want a stocked bullpen. Like I want our bullpen to be like eight, nine guys on that playoff roster. And Joelli, he was not originally part of my envisioned plan, but I mean, he's having a great September and he's looked really, really good. And I don't, I think that I, at this point, I can't believe I'm saying this. I would not mind seeing him pitch in a big spot. I don't know if I'm a hundred percent, but I'm way more than I used to be. Oh, that's great. I feel good because <laughs> You ride those 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 waves of feeling awesome on the mound, and he's hot at the right time. I hope he keeps it going. Um, that fifth inning spot is a weird one because you know who is his competition there. You, right. know, you got Tommy Hunter. Yeah, uh, that's a Trevor Williams possibility there, depending. Um, but he's he's putting his name in the hat to to be selected. So good for him. Deservedly so. Yeah, the Mets bullpen has just had a really, really good month. Uh, in September, they got a 3-5 ERA as a squad. Uh, most of that actually kind of got blown up a little bit yesterday in the finale of the Milwaukee series, which we'll dive into right now. Um, the Mets coming to this one, winning two already. They've already won the series. They're looking for a sweep in Milwaukee. Uh, and Nimmo gets them started early. Uh, single, and he steals a base, his third stolen base of the month after not stealing one through September. Uh, the Mets do not score, and then Brandon Nimmo pulls up a little bit lame in center field, so he's going to exit with a tight left quad. He did downplay it after the game, said that he think he caught it early enough that it won't be an issue. Um, poor Mark Canna, subs in, didn't get the start this game, subbed in in center field for our poor friend Brandon Nimmo, and gets hit twice in both of his first two at-bats. Because <laughs> he can't catch a break. He really can't. Yeah, he must have, people hate him, I guess. I guess, I don't know. He crowds the plate, something like that. How could he you doesn't Mark even Canna? crowd the plate. I know, That's he really doesn't. I can't believe it. Um, so Jeff McNeil, he was dealing with a little left knee sore, soreness in this one as well, but he stays in for the whole game. He was getting banged up a little bit in this one. Uh, on the mound, Taiwan Walker and Adrian Hauser, they were trading zeros in this one. Taiwan looked really good. His final line won't speak to that, but he looked really sharp in the first five innings of this game for sure. Uh, the Brewers are able to break through in the sixth inning with a solo shot from who else? Willie Adonis, who is undoubtedly their best hitter. Um, in the middle of the game, we got the highlight of maybe the entire series. Steve Gelbs wins the sausage race. Love that. He entered in late. Still took home the crown. Shout out to Steve. Great performance there. Um, Tom Walker was at 80 pitches through six innings with one earned run. He looked good, so Buck sent him back out there. Uh, but the seventh inning was not so kind to him. A couple singles, a walk. Uh, he gets bounced. Our guy David Peterson comes in in relief, strikes out Christian Yelich, gets a sack bunt, so he gets two big outs there. Uh, and then kind of a tough call for Buck because they take out Rowdy Tellez, they put in Mike Brosseau, so Buck opts to use a righty reliever, and he opts to use... Drew Smith, and I want to get your thoughts on this after. Drew Smith makes his first appearance in a couple months in a bases-loaded, two-out situation against Mike Brasso, and he gets a mo too, but then hangs a slider middle of the zone, and Brasso crushes it to bust the game wide open, six to nothing at that point, and it was pretty much over from there. Uh, the Mets get a runner on in every single inning of this game, but they do not score once. They get shut out by the Brewers, uh, Penn and Adrian Hauser. Uh, Guillaume gets hit by a pitch in the ninth inning to officially set the record in Major League history, for hit-by-pitches by a team, the Mets own it now with 106 on the season. That's the only saving grace of this 6 to nothing loss. Good recap. 
I love the Drew Smith call. Okay, interesting. We're running out of games. Drew Smith, I think, still has a possibility of being impactful in the playoffs. Um, But he's had he's run out of gas or run out of uh, a runway here because there's not a lot of time for him to get right. This is the perfect opportunity. This is what he's going to be needed to do. Called upon. He's physically ready. Get out there and do your thing, man. I'm sure he felt great to be out there in that moment. Obviously, it didn't work out, and that's kind of been his thing this year. He had an opportunity to jump into that Ottavino, you know, Trevor May, Seth Lugo role, uh, and then started giving up homers. And so, especially when he jumped up 0-2, these are the mistakes that you cannot make yeah. in the playoffs. You cannot make a, a, a hanging slider, especially when you're in an advantageous count. You have to make sure that you execute your pitches. Sometimes things happen to where hitters hit. It, it, it happens. You get beat. But you can't beat yourself, and he beat himself in this. And that is, again, I'm okay. I actually love the fact that he got thrown right out there. Um, because if he dominates there, if he throws that perfect slider, gets a swing and miss to end the inning, he's rolling. And he's got a chance to solidify himself as a swing and miss type of guy in the playoffs. Um, now he's got more of an uphill battle. Uh, but that was I like I like the call. I, I appreciate your uh, perspective there. I definitely wanted to gauge you on that because obviously former major league pitcher makes sense. Um, a lot of fans, including myself, I'm willing to admit I I did not love the call. I thought it was a little bit of a baptism by fire kind of thing, which has its good side and its bad side. And hindsight is 2020. If Drew Smith gets the strikeout, we're all talking about how it's a gutsy call that worked out. Um, but yeah, definitely a, a really tough spot to be in. We know Drew is an intense competitor, wants to be in those moments for sure. So I'm sure he was ecstatic about the call itself. Uh, but yeah, I mean, this season with inherited runners, it's been kind of rough for Drew Smith, our guy, Matthew Brownstein, who does great work on Mets stats. Uh, he gave us a stat that says he's allowed 50% of his inherited runners to score. That was prior to this game as well with the bases loaded. Um, so Drew typically better with a fresh inning but I, I i still think you know you gotta like you said we're running out of time here you gotta get him innings here one way or another we saw mcgill get an inning in this game as well um we're trying to ramp up those guys and we only got about a week and a half of regular season left before it's all set and done and they're and these are all important games yep and if we're in it we're gonna see the big guys the back of the bullpen we're gonna see edwin diaz pitch we're gonna see Adavino lugo uh, Trevor May, we're going to see those guys at the end. So these opportunities are few and far between. We're down, which means those guys aren't going to pitch, you know, down two runs. That's this, this is a perfect spot for him to come in. So, you know, didn't work out, but I, I, I loved it. That's such a smart, for me, it was so smart from, from Buck to, be like, hey, you want to be a guy? We want you to be a guy. We think our team would be better with you being one of our elite guys at the end. Prove it right, because I want to have confidence bringing you in that you're going to execute your pitches. And, you know, this one didn't work out, but he's still, you know, hopefully there's more opportunity for him. But this was a big one. Right. And, and definitely before the, the season ends and the playoffs begin, I think we're, we're going to do an episode where we kind of construct the playoff lineup, our ideal bullpen and all that. And it is an interesting discussion to have because obviously in an ideal game, you get six from one of your three-headed monster and Bassett, DeGrom, Scherzer, and then you go Lugo, Adovino, Diaz. It, it seems easy on paper, but when those guys need a day of rest or if it's a back-to-back game, you got to address who else are going to get these innings. And you have a lot of guys 
vying for those spots. Trevor May looked good in this series. Joel A. Rodriguez has looked really good recently. Um, you have Drew Smith trying to get back in the mix. Tyler McGill trying to get back in the mix. Tommy Hunter has pitched really well and deserves to be considered for these spots as well. It's a good problem to have, but also like exactly what you said, they have to get their spots eventually. So in you the wanna, moment, you want guys to you want guys to take it, yeah, to take it, and you not to have to make that choice. That was what they always talked about. Again, we'll get we'll dive deeper into it when we when we have that. Uh, preview episodes um, but they want you to make their decision either really easy because you're dominating and nobody else is or really hard because everybody's playing well they want to they want you to seize that opportunity not to win by default yeah absolutely um, and yeah I mean we have we have a lot of fun Shea Station stuff coming up in October yeah, we've been planning out the schedule stuff like uh, you know we'll have a roster previews we'll have matchup previews on, on who we're going to face we're going to do our ppp stuff yeah. like check in on our ppps to see how good and i dominated uh, jolly <laughs> i think we, we need uh, to do some kind of like prize or something right i feel like we yeah, need just like... so you guys know we 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 did this before we were recording oh uh, yeah you jolly asked me he was on baseball reference talking about our previews coming up and and chris bassett longtime a he goes, wow, his numbers at the Coliseum are really good. And he, he goes, hey, he gave me a ref guess. <laughs> and uh, he goes, what was his ERA in the Coliseum? And I was like, mm, 2.44. On the head. On the dot. I nailed Damn. it. So you know who I was the, dealing with the, in the PPPs. The, the, it wasn't recorded. <laughs> yeah, so it actually never happened. You just made that up. Now I have to yeah, play so along. we're going to dive into those, you know, my prophetic ways, Nostradamus ways. Um, <laughs> our wins, our biggest wins, our Bless biggest losses and those things. But it'll be fun. We have a lot of a lot of content coming out. We'll have you covered in the playoffs. But uh, you want to get into Apple? Well, first, Jerry, one, I got to shout out your gear that you're wearing. Our new oh, Apple please. of our eye shirt. It's fire. Look at that thing. If you're listening on Spotify and Apple podcasts, pull over your car, click on the YouTube <laughs> video and look at Jerry right now. So I just got my haircut. Looks great. And I'm feeling real, real confident about it. And I didn't want to put this hat on, but I love the hat so much that I had to wear it. Too far. Like, look at that. I had nothing to do with this hat. This is you, correct? I think this so. This hat yeah. is awesome. I love it. I drew this. Yeah, round of applause. Jerry came up with the design. We need a round I of applause. Sketch this out uh, with like colored pencil, tiny little. Uh, our our you know graphics designers made it this, <laughs> but I drew this, and this is beautiful. You brought it's it to life. Apple, you're the apple of my eye. I, I I'm so proud of it. And I love it, and I had to wear it. I got it in. Um, Every color that we make, I also got this black one, which I'll be bringing to the city because I'm doing uh, this weekend. Uh, but uh, I got it in the black sweatshirt. Mm. I got like so many boxes of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to have to give it away. You're rocking the trumpet right now. Oh, yeah, the, I got the, the embroidered, embroidered trumpet. trumpet. This was a special request by me as well. Uh, I love embroidered shirts. We just got the embroidered trumpet. There's black, gray, blue, anything you can dream of. And uh, it's got that little polo logo, which I love. Um, so definitely go check out our new merch. The apple of our eye stuff is great, especially if you got a loved one in your life and you want to show them some appreciation. You're the apple of my eye. I love that. Rock some new gear for the playoffs that yeah, they just guys. clinched. Let's go. This is good. This is good. Like I, I'm proud of our stuff. That's why I wear it. And I'm not trying to, to peddle it to people, but I mean, this is a dope shirt. It's absolutely dope. 
And before we do the apple of our eye, we need a word from today's sponsor, a word from our sponsor, BetterHelp. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's apple of our eye. This will give Jerry some time to figure out who he's going to pick because we got some good choices today. Uh, But more athletes are speaking out about the importance of mental health, but you don't have to be a pro to want to be at the top of your game, guys. Everyone needs to take care of their mental well-being, whether you're an athlete or not, and therapy is the best way to stay in peak mental shape. There's plenty of reasons to try therapy, so if you're thinking of giving it a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, accessible, affordable, and entirely online. Get matched with a therapist after filling out a brief survey, and you can switch therapists at any time. I love that aspect about BetterHelp. So when you're ready to feel at the top of your mental health game, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Shea today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp.com slash Shea. That's H-E-L-P, not health, H-E-L-P, help com slash Shay. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's Apple of Our Eye. Whenever we get a slash Shay in our uh, ad reads, it's a tough. Uh, it's tough for me. It's a little bit. It's a lot of S's going on. But I, I, I know. Oh, I mean, alliteration's tough. It's tough out here. You want to go first? So, uh, in in the uh, post game, Gary Apple has to say, um, I think it's front slash instead of backslash. Backslash There's is a- just easier. I know, but there's like in in one of the reads that he does it, and he's I'm I'm real watching the teleprompter as Gary Apple's reading, and I'm always amazed because the guy's incredible. He like he'll read exactly what the script, but he'll also riff on it. But if it's something that that he wrote, and it's amazing, and he'll he'll say front slash, and I'm like that's a real thing. I don't even know if I can find the front slash on my keyboard. Oh, it's under the under the question mark. There you go. You got it. Perfect. Yeah. I don't think I've ever used it. I actually don't know which one's front and which one's back, believe it or not. It, it starts back. You, like you move backwards. I'm doing it to the opposite. It's like that. I feel like yeah, so backslash start... is the one that I never use. Forward back... slash. See, I, now I don't know. It's in every URL. It's in every, right. So it's back. So should we be, should he be saying front slash? But you might need to tell him that. Forward slash. Forward slash. No, it's a thing. Let us know, guys. Anyway, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, you want to, you want to dive in? Can I go I th- first? Yeah, man, please. Okay. This one's hard for me. There's a couple of really deserving recipients of the apple of our eye here. Mm. You got Max Scherzer with six perfect with nine punches and he got his 200th career win. That is amazing. Uh, Francisco Lindor five for 12 with a double, a triple, a homer, five RBI, a walk, like incredible four runs. Uh, that was amazing. You had uh, Nimmo getting on base. Uh, the stolen base, we talk about his, his quad for a quick sec. Stop stealing bases, dude. Stay healthy. We don't need you stealing bases. <laughs> I love fun, you. You're fast. Yeah, it's been Stop fun. It. Stop it. Stop it. It's not in your game. Yep. You know, I get it. You don't want a zero in the stat column on the back of your baseball card. You got one. Stop it. You're getting greedy. <laughs> uh, anyway, I am going to go a little bit off script, and I am going to give the apple of my eye to Mets owner Stevie Cohen. Whoa. Out of left apple of my field. Eye. I need a reason This why. is a big one because this is what he envisioned. Obviously, grander things, grander plans uh, on what you want to do. But you turned around a franchise. This is what you wanted. You put it, Billy Epler in place. You put uh, Buck Showalter at the helm. You brought in Francisco Lindor, who's having an amazing year. You did all these things. You set the the organization up to be a winning organization. And and the 
foundation that you set seems like a formula that will work moving forward. And this is what you envisioned when you bought the team. This is what you wanted to bring to yourself as a Mets fan, to the other Mets fans who have been troubled over the last few years and uh, on the direction of this organization, what we're trying to do. And you've established a winning way. You established what it is to be a Met. Mets fans, we've used it before. It feels safe to be a Mets fan again, because you're embracing what it means to be a fan. You're enhancing the team. You're what you're bringing to city field, what you're bringing to, to spring training with the alumni game, with the outreach, like you're just, he just did an unbelievable job. And I wanted to take this apple where the team clinched a playoff berth and give it to Steve Cohen. I love the choice. I absolutely love the choice. And it came out of left field, obviously, but everything that Steve Cohen promised or alluded to wanting to do, he fulfilled on. He retired Keith's number. He did old timers day. Um, He got the team back to a competitive state. He spent money that he said he was going to spend. He found somebody to be in charge to take the helm. Uh, It's just, it's very surreal still. It probably won't feel real until we're literally in the playoff game playing, watching them go. Um, But it feels exactly what you said, sustainable. And I think the signature thing about the entire thing is that Steve Cohen was in Milwaukee when it happened. He was with the club when they clinched. He was part of it because he wanted to be there. He wanted to see it all come to fruition. And, you know, this this wild card clinch, whatever it may become, it's just the start because they are obviously pressing forward. They had their subdued celebration because they want more celebrations going forward. They don't want this to be the end all be all. And it's going to continue on for years and years. Uh, very exciting. Love the pick, Jerry. Love it. Thank you. I am going to go with the player because, I mean, it's going to be one hard. One of to, us has it's to. It's going to be hard to follow that one. I can't be like, oh, I'm going to give it to Billy Epler. <laughs> <laughs> um, Nimmo, stop stealing bases, but you did have a great series. Double, or sorry, uh, triple, two walks and a stolen base there. Uh, Pete Alonzo with two big home runs in this one. Those were his only two hits, but two three-run homers. Uh, so he does his part. It's tough for me. I thought you were going to make it easy for me because I thought you were going to take one of Lindor and Scherzer, but now i got to pick between them. Scherzer pitched six perfect innings returning from the IL. He looks playoff ready. Uh, but the guy that looks playoff ready even more so, in my opinion, is Francisco Lindor. He gets the apple of my eye today. I think it's the right choice. It's I, I think it is, too. And, I mean, it's not like Lindor has been cold in September, but we haven't seen him have, uh, you know, a lot of signature big moments. He had that home run against Pittsburgh on Clemente Day, but that grand slam was massive and a big boost for the Mets, who honestly weren't hitting all that well in that game. They only had four hits that game, but one of them happened to be a big grand slam. Lindor goes 5 for 12, four runs scored, a double, a triple, a home run, five RBIs, and a walk. He's now got an eight-game hit streak. He's hit safely in 13 of his last 14. He's fifth among all MLB players in war this season. His last 13 games, he's batting 346 with four homers and 13 RBI. He's one shy of 100 RBI. It has been everything we've been waiting for ever since that contract was signed. He still had a decent season last year, all things considered, but this is really what we were expecting. A guy that plays platinum glove defense, hits 25 home runs, steals 15 bases, hits 100 RBI, and gets hot at the end of the season. And I posted on Shea Station a reel of all of our players' playoff highlights, and it's a lot of guys in different uniforms, but the first minute of that video is all Francisco Lindor. And that's what I'm expecting, because when the lights are on and they're bright, that's when he shines. We got a little glimpse of it last year. 
in that three homer game in the subway series with a sold out crowd. Now we're going to get the real deal, the real movie with him actually in a playoff game, batting third for the Mets. It's very exciting. Uh, I obviously love regular season baseball and I can't wait for the Atlanta series, but I am so ready to see this guy take a playoff at bat in the orange and blue. Yeah, well-deserved, well-deserved Francisco Lindor, the apple of your eye. Uh, I'm so pumped, man. Like, again, he's going to be a Met for a long time. Yep. And he's established himself as this is who you have in the middle of your lineup, in the middle of your infield, captaining the ship. Uh, Beautiful, man. Well-deserved his presence in the lineup every day on the field has been basically the anchor between him and Pete Alonso. These two guys together have led this team. They're the only guys that have been there pretty much from the jump. You know, you've had some hiccups there, but I mean, Lindor has been so good quietly. Like he hasn't done anything so loudly that it's like, Oh, Lindor, but he just, you know, gets a knock every game gets two, plays great defense. Nothing that stands out. If you're seeing watching highlights too often, except for like this big grand slam. But if you watch the team every day, you're like, I'm so happy. This guy is on my team. So nice for him to have a good series and get another apple. I feel like he has 40 this year. Yeah. He's got a ton. Uh, Jerry, do you know who has more games played than Francisco Lindor this season? Um, nobody, nobody, 149 games leads major leagues. I think he's in a tie with some guys, but is there anybody that's tied with him? There probably is. He's got the bold and italic on his reference. I'm just, I'm assuming he's tied with somebody, but nobody's played more games. Nobody's played more games than our Francisco. He missed one game with a broken finger. Yeah. I think he was allowed. Honestly, gets that. How dare he? They came right back. Yeah, yeah, I mean, just just a crazy season. Um, and we've gotten so much health from our guys. It was weird to see, you know, Nimmo exit early. It's always a, a big scared knock on wood. Guys, knock on wood right now. Um, but Nimmo says he, he believes he caught his quad er, quad injury early enough to avoid a major issue. That was from Anthony DeComo. Jeff McNeil says he feels physically fine. And Starling Marte is optimistic that he can return at least in time for the Mets series against Atlanta, which is going to be next weekend. It's creeping up, guys. Gonna be gonna be exciting. That's, but that was a. It's gonna be a playoff series. It's what it's gonna feel like. I think. Yeah, I hope we get you know Nimmo back to full health uh, and Marte back ready to go. But look, even if Marte's not completely ready, I like the iteration we have. Giorme playing. Yeah. We have Giorme out there doing awesome stuff. It was Next so nice up. to see him back. You know, with the glove doing cool stuff. McNeil out and right, out and left, like wherever he goes, he's playing well. He gave me a scare trying to rob yeah. that that grand he got, slam. It's pretty like, close, honestly. Pretty close. Uh, yeah, but just stay healthy, stay Mets, do your thing, man. Yeah, and we are we're gonna be big Phillies fans this weekend. At least I am, because I'm hoping they can uh, take at least two from the Braves in their four game set. Uh, Philly's got a tough turn. They got the Atlanta, and then they got they go to Houston right after, I believe, uh, to try and keep their playoff hopes alive. So I'm sure they're uh, you know playing with some ferocity. I, I also picked the Phillies. You did. I was a little shocked by that because they may not make it. They they're may the not fence. make it. But I I mean again, this is the same thing. They got Zach Wheeler and they've got Aaron Nola. Zach Wheeler is just coming back. Yeah, he looked good uh, against the Blue Jays, but he only threw but four they've, innings. They've got Bryce Harper, who I've seen firsthand on my team when the lights are the brightest in the playoffs. This guy crushes the Gotta ball. Gotta get him there. 
Got to get him there. Uh, Schwarber's been killing it. JT Realmuto is incredible. Yeah, really? He really turned things around, huh? David, you know, David Robertson. David? Yeah. I don't, I always want to say uh, Nate. Oh, the basketball player? <laughs> but that's Robinson. David Robertson has been great at the back end of their bullpen. So they've they've got the pieces, but they have a tough schedule. Yeah, man. I mean So they're gonna need they're gonna need some W's. That's where uh you remember at the beginning of the season, the Mets had a lot of tough games and the Phillies got off to that nice hot start because they had a lot of, you know, easier opponents. That's how it flips, man. Now you got all these tough guys right at the end. But hopefully wow. they they play up to the Atlanta Braves. I'd like to see them at least split, give us some breathing room because we got a date. In Oakland, and you're familiar with We have a with date Oakland? in my old stomping grounds at the Coliseum. This should be an exciting one. The return of Chris Bassett, Woo-hoo. where he established himself. He'll be towing the rubber for game one. Probably going to get a big video tribute. To, he should. To, yeah, he deserves it. Uh, as we said, he has a 2.44 ERA How'd in you know? the friendly confines. You looked it up. Uh, but he's 14-8 and eight with a 3.32 ERA on the year, which is also stellar. He's going up against, we are guessing on the probables because they haven't come out, but Adrian Martinez, who's 4-5 and five with a 5.77. Uh, you're not going to see a lot of familiar names with history versus the Mets starters because only Steven Vogt, Tony Kemp are the only guys in that whole lineup have ever faced the Mets. Uh, so we won't get into that. But his career in Oakland, 258 and a third innings pitched at the Coliseum with a 244 ERA. That is spectacular. And he has been pretty dang good in September. He's three and one with a 3.18, 24 punch outs and 22 and two-thirds innings. That is game one. Game two. We are being cruel to our friends out in Oakland because it goes Bassett, then the big bopper, Jacob DeGrom, DeGoat himself. He's 5-2 and two with a 2-3-2 ERA. He's going up against Swervin Cole Irvin, who's 9-11 with a 3-7-9. He's having himself a fantastic year for the Oakland A's. Uh, his last four starts, though, have been really rough because he was pitching incredible up until that point. He's 24 innings pitched, 20 earned runs. DeGrom, on the other hand, has struck out 23 batters in his last 11 innings, but he has never pitched in Oakland, so this should be a nice little surprise. He's got all that room. Should be interesting to see him out on the island. That is game two. I said we were being cruel because it's Bassett, DeGrom, and Mad Max Scherzer coming off of six perfect innings. He's 10-4 and four with a 2-1-5 ERA. He's going up against Ken Waldachuk. Yes, that is right. Waldachuk, the best name in the big leagues. He's 0-2 with a 7.13 ERA. Scherzer has a 5 ERA in 18 innings in Oakland. I remember some of those games. Not in the playoffs, though, you jerk. Uh, Waldachuk came over from the Yankees in the Frankie Montas deal. Uh, His last three starts against Atlanta, Texas, and Houston. 13 innings pitched, 13 earned runs, giving up three home runs. That is the three-game set in Oakland at the friendly confines of the Coliseum. Let's go, boys. Nice preview, as always. Uh, yeah, I mean, you're you're lining up for next weekend in Atlanta. It makes sense that these three guys are going, but whew, that's, that's tough for the A's. I mean, I mean, don't take it for granted. We saw the A's give the Braves a run for their money in that 9-8 to eight game. Pinder hit a grand slam. Uh, but this is a series that you got to get fat. You got to sweep. This you is a sweeper. Sweep. You got to Especially the way it's lined up. This is a sweeper. You yeah. got to do it. Uh, I won't be mad if you win two out of three, but I w- I'm expecting a sweep. Um, Cole Irvin has pitched really well. We're yep. missing um, 
Caprillion, who's had a good run as of late. Uh, he, he pitched yesterday, I think, and had a really good outing. But these are the names you got to watch out for. So you got Sean Murphy. Yep. The Their backstop, their catcher is an awesome player, sick pop. He's having a good year. Seth Brown is their big left-handed batted first baseman. But outside of that, that's really the only real big names or big power threats that you're going to get because they've got a bunch of guys that are 18 years old playing. You know, yeah. we got they got a lot of youngins, a lot of, of raw talent coming up, trying to see what they got. Uh, Christian Pache, who came over for them. Shea Langoliers um, is the backstop they got in the Matt Olson trade. All these guys are trying to see who they got, um, what they have for the future. Uh, the back of their bullpen is is not great, but they've got A.J. Puck, who's a big lefty, looks like Randy Johnson out there throwing. <laughs> um, Domingo Acevedo, who's a big, you know, but these these guys, they're unproven, unknown commodities. And a team like the New York Mets with their powerhouse setup lineup should come in and dominate these three games. Yeah, and I didn't even realize how beleaguered by injury this team also is. They lost their all-star, Paul Blackburn, Adam Aller, who came from us to them in the Chris Bassett trade. He's injured. Their closer, Danny Jimenez, out for the year. Uh, a couple more bullpen guys. I mean, this their isn't big even... big bullpen guys uh, are are down. Yeah, yeah they, they're struggling. They traded away Trevino to the Yankees, Montas, yeah. They released uh, Steven Piscotti, too. I mean, this isn't even the best version of of this yeah. 40 games under uh, 500 I think team. we're dodging uh, not only Piscotti, but we're also missing out on uh, Jed Lowry, friend of, uh, uh, friend of the org. He got axed. That's the, yeah, Elvis he also Andrews. got axed. I don't know if you've is... seen Elvis Andrews got traded to the White Sox, and he's been lighting it up for them, which is shocking to me. Uh, he, he was – I watched him play. Like, I got to do some broadcasts with him. I watched him. He looks solid. Yeah, the guy I, knows what to do. He learned from Adrian Beltre, one of the best, and and – he picks his spots on what to do. He's he's cerebral in his approach now, and it's he's he's a good ball player, man. And he got released too. I couldn't believe it. I thought yeah, he might have been a trade. They just wanted to find a trade partner for him. They had uh, some young guys that they wanted to play the infield, and so they just cut cut ties. Bizarre. Yeah. So the A's are nice fifty four and ninety four in the season. You'll be happy with a series win, but knowing the Braves and how they refuse to lose, only when we lose though. Uh, a sweep would be very nice because the Braves kind of have, you know, I would, they've proven they can beat the Phillies, but you're going into Citizens Bank Park. The Phillies just got a massive win last night against the Blue Jays where they came back from 3 nothing. Um, That is a big four-game set. And you'd like to go into Atlanta with some kind of cushion, uh, especially considering it's going to be for all the marbles. Yeah, that's going to be, we'll preview that coming up, but that's going to be, that's the series. I think we got to get Peter for that show, for sure. Yeah, I think we I think we're setting that up for yeah. some Peter Moylan love. Yeah. Uh, before we let you guys go, I got to tell you about our last sponsor for today's episode, and that is Candy Digital. Thank you to them for sponsoring today's episode of Shea Station. They are the official NFT partner for Major League Baseball. They take the obsession and thrill of card collecting digital with a totally cool digital collector's 
collection. There's five levels of rarity, core, uncommon, rare, epic, and legendary. You can go get your James Caprellian or Cole Irvin card today. Hey, it might be worth something in the next three or four years. All 80 players on the 2022 All-Star roster will be included in the series as well. So Paul Blackburn will get some love for all our Ace fans listening. Uh, there's two types of packs offered, the blue edition and the gold edition, uh, three icons and 10 icons respectively. Lots of fun stuff going on there. So set up your account at candy.com MLB to start your collection today. Thank you to them for helping us out and sponsoring Shea Station. Uh, Jerry, you know, we haven't watched Mets baseball in the Coliseum in a long time. I think like probably three or four years at this point. Um, how, because I know you're you're partially an A's fan because of your time there. Can you just speak to the A's franchise right now? Like how it feels to be a fan of them? Like what's what's the point you're feeling, I guess? Like where you're It's at? tough. It's tough. I love the A's. Uh, I'm a, yeah. The, I mean, there's two halves of my heart go to the Mets and to the A's, you know, the team that I stuck around with the longest that gave me my shot. Um, I became a man over there. You know what I mean? I grew up. Right. Uh, I love that organization. I love that fan base. They're tough right now because they've been in stadium limbo for a long time. Um, there's been threats from ownership to move to Vegas. Like it's always been. Uh, but their city council and their city government is trying to figure out a way for them to have a stadium. But without a new stadium, I don't know if that team stays. Um, understandably, the people of Oakland don't want to publicly fund a ballpark for a billionaire franchise. Um, I get it because I've seen teams like, you know, the St. Louis Rams publicly fund a, a stadium and then leave. Yep. And then that stadium is still being paid for by the taxpayer. So I understand. Uh, but it's a, it's a beautiful franchise with great fans, but they, it's tough for Oakland right now because they lost the Raiders to Vegas. Right. They lost the Warriors who built a brand new stadium uh, out in San Francisco. And uh, there've been threat of the A's leaving. And so, it, and the A's in the same breath have put together a loser of a ball club on purpose. Yeah. You know, they aren't trying to contend. They, they up their prices. So it's tough. It's tough right now to be an Oakland A's fan because you don't know if how safe it is right now as a Mets fan, it's the opposite of safe to be an A's fan. And it breaks my heart because they don't know if their ownership truly cares about them wants to be in that city. And then they put a product on the field that is subpar on purpose it's a tough pill to swallow so it's it's however you're feeling as a Mets fan right now it's the opposite uh for to be an A's fan yeah and I mean it's it's so bizarre to think because last year they were still an 86 and 76 team they had six playoff teams since 2012 and it still feels like an eternity ago just because of what the team has looked like this year such a far cry from the uh the Bob Melvin years and you were well, a part they, of some they of those had teams. They had it set up to have another year of competitiveness yeah. this year. They could have been great this year. They traded, starting with Bob Melvin, they traded yep. their manager, let him go to San Diego. Uh, they traded Matt Chapman to the Blue Jays. They traded Matt Olson to the Braves. They traded Frankie Montas. They traded Chris Bassett. Uh, who else? What's that? Chris Bassett. Chris Bassett to us. Uh, Lou Trevino. They traded. They, they don't want to win. They didn't sign any good free agents to come over and play. They're 
they have a first-time manager in Mark Kotze who's doing the best he can. I really like him. I think he's doing a good job over there. They're a scrappy ball club that's going to fight. Their, their team doesn't – if I'm a player in that clubhouse, I'm just trying to win and, and do the best I can. But they're not very good. Um, they have so many holes in that lineup. Um, but, yeah, it's it's tough sledding. Yeah, it is. And I mean, it's, you know, unfortunate from this perspective because you you have made me a partisan A's fan for sure, just from, you know, storytelling and stuff like that. But it's a team you got to go in there and beat this weekend. You got to put your feelings aside and go get a sweep if you're the Mets. So I feel like this, if you're a Mets fan, you would love the Oakland A's. They're very similar, blue collar, hardworking. I like to consider it like um, you're the Mets you look across to the Bronx and you see the the pinstripes and it's the the darling. Yep. Everybody, it's easy to be a Yankees fan. It's the gritty people that are the Mets fans. It's the same thing in the Bay Area. They've got this shining star of San Francisco over there with the Giants organization and they're, you know, they're winning ways. And it's easy to be a Giants fan. It's trendy. But to be an A's fan, you gotta have that grit, that dirt, you know, that hardworking blue collar you know, put your hard hat on kind of thing. And so I think uh, Mets fans and A's fans are very similar DNA. They just happen to live on opposite ends of the country. Yeah, I mean, it makes winning all the sweeter. It's tougher to come by, you know? That's the truth. You got anything else, Jer? I don't. I don't. Solid ep. I agree. I thought it was good stuff. So you'll be doing SNY this weekend? Quick I'm flying out tomorrow morning. Uh, I'll be on uh, these three games, uh, West Coast games. So we're gonna, it's going to be late <laughs> nights for Jerry in the post game. I'll be up this time. I'm staying awake. Yeah. All right. <laughs> I bet you will. You'll be uh, when the Survivor come on again. Not till Wednesday. Okay, so you're good. You can you can sleep on Tuesday. We'll see you guys Monday. Recap the series. Yes, sir. Let's go Mets. See LF. GM. GM.